ghosts are moving tonight, restless and hungry. May I introduce myself? I'm Bo, and in a minute, I'll show you the only true haunted podcast in the world. Since it began eight months ago, eight people have died, including my co-host. I've only spent one episode hosting without them. When they found me in the morning, I... I was almost dead. There are more. Many more. They're coming for me now. And then, they'll come for you. I'm the unknowable guest, and I've rented the house on Haunted Hill tonight so my wife can give a party. A haunted house party. She is so amusing. There'll be food and drink and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. If any of you spends the next 12 hours in the house, I'll give you $10,000. Or your next of kin, if you don't survive. Ah, but here comes out the other guests. This is Julia. You've no doubt heard of her mentioned offhandedly as the Nebulous Sister. This podcast was designed in no small part to bullying her into watching most of the shows discussed. You've already met Bo, a man living in mortal fear of a podcast, and yet they are risking their lives to spend another episode here. They say for the money. I wonder why that is. I'm so excited you finally yeah, got to watch Ghost Whisperer. This show had such a chokehold on my childhood. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can see why. Because from like literally the first second of starting to watch it, it was, oh, it like changed my life. It's just the intro even, like a whole entire thing. I was just like, okay, this is it for me. Like, I can't stop watching it. Oh, it it's that quintessential like mid two thousands live laugh love goth aesthetic. <laughs> yes, it gives me major like it's like supernatural meets six sense meets like some I don't know. It's crazy. I love it. it oh, well, yeah, I wrote it down. Uh, that's so Raven vibes meets supernatural. That's what it was. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what it is. I loved it. And I'm very proud of myself. Like I actually wrote down notes and like, I was really paying attention. That's the first time I've ever done that with a show. So it was nice. Oh my God. I am so proud of you. I actually have seven pages. Holy shit. You did better than I did this time. Listen, I watched the first like six episodes with my friend Triana and yeah, she like, she was like explaining it all to me. 
And I, it made me like it even more, too. It was nice. She's oh, seen all of it, so. Oh, it's it gets so wild that the longer it goes on. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> the season alone, I can tell there's so many. Like, it just, if this is just a precursor to what the entire show is going to be, like, oh, man, I can't wait to watch the rest of it. <laughs> oh, my, you're going to be obsessed. Oh, we should introduce you. Oh, yeah. The... Oh. <laughs> The ever-present sister I mention all the time. <laughs> yes, it is me. Oh my gosh. I'm but Ghost Whisper, this show. I don't even know how to fully describe this show because it's just all over the place in such a tight way. Very, yeah. It's kind of confusing sometimes, I feel like, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's just because it's like, you know, something's about to happen. Like, you know, it is, but you, as like the viewer, you don't get to see everything, you know, like um, some, I like how sometimes it shows like what she is talking to, but like nothing's there. And so like oh, yeah. you're like, what the heck? I love all of the times they show us Melinda talking to a ghost and someone will let see her because even though she'll have all those times she's telling ghosts like i can't talk to you i'm in public she also just like doesn't care sometimes and will stand in yes. the middle of town square <laughs> just arguing one of my favorite quotes is she says the cell phone excuse isn't working anymore and i'm like <laughs> i probably would think she's crazy too but <laughs> In in the era of the Bluetooth headset, that works a bit better, but it still only works for so long. Like, or is that around that time that I don't remember? (sighs) I think they were just coming into popularity. Yeah. That was more of a late 2000s thing. And season one's from 2005. Yes. Okay. It was so weird seeing, like, the landline i haven't seen one of those in forever oh my god yeah there are certain little things that is just so nostalgia yes i also love that they started this show in 2005 because there was a bit more technology than other shows i've watched that for the podcast so you get some beautiful little moments like all of the computer glitches in the bride episode, episode 10. You know, that actually kind of scared oh me. Oh my God, oh, man. I, that episode is like probably the most nostalgic for me because that was the episode that got me into Ghost Whisperer as a kid. Because I remember all of the promos and commercials for that episode and they scared the hell out of me. And I just had that instant reaction of, I must watch that. You know, I wish that I would have watched this whenever it aired now. Like, I feel like... Oh, oh it, it would have been so... Whenever you have to wait for the next episode. God, it, I remember, like, my mom and I finishing an episode and just sitting there like, God damn it. We have a, to wait for one more whole week. Mm, I would not be able to do that. I honestly, I was terrible. Like, I have horrible, like, um, I'm horribly impatient all the time. So I'm really happy in this Netflix Hulu era. <laughs> I'm really living it up. I don't have cable. I only watch that because I 
I yeah, just can't. it's it's so easy to just watch whatever. <laughs> the best. It's the instant gratification. My ADHD loves it. Mood. <laughs> oh my god, I love the casting for this show, though. It felt like every other episode. I, I know. Was just every two seconds, I was writing down like, "Oh gosh, let me find one." Oh, um. The, the one of the last episodes. Oh yeah, who was it? Um, well, of course, there's one with the uh, baby, and it has Becky from Full House, and oh, Lori Loughlin, and that mm-hmm. sent me. I was laughing so hard. And then there was also okay. Do you remember the show from the early two thousands? It was a Disney movie, Smart House. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So I love Smart House. The episode with, was it Marty? I think it was. Um, he was the, co- it was the comedy club. With oh! Ghosts that it like had like the comedy club ghosts. Oh, they were funny. Too. Yeah. Well. Undead yeah, comic. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, it has the lady from Smart House on there. And then there's also someone else in that season. I'm trying to remember. You even said something about it. Too. Whoa! Wait! 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 That 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 was that was the smart house lady. Yeah, and she also plays Leela from Futurama. Oh my god! I have been trying to remember who she was since I watched that episode. Every single time I see a person on there. Also, do you know how many Breaking Bad kit people are on here? <laughs> Right. You got the PI. What was his name? I don't. I don't remember the PI's name. There's also oh on there. Yeah. Um, Pinkman. Oh gosh, there was someone else. I can't remember. I don't know. Gage kept coming yeah. in, and he'd be like, "Is that blah 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 from Breaking Bad?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I think it is. You're right." Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. Uh, the other lady from a dead comic was the stepmom from uh the Parent Trap. The Lindsay Lohan oh, one. That's who I was trying to remember from that episode. And I remember you had told me about it. And then I didn't even remember that you had said anything to me about it until yeah. I looked up and I was like, is that the lady from the mm-hmm. parent trap? And then I said, oh, wait, wait, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Another uh, one. Uh, did you watch Heroes back in the day? No. Oh, my God. Uh, one of the Heroes actors is in it in the episode Fury. Uh, little Micah. I don't remember the actor's name, but I remember his character because I loved Micah when I was Wait, a which kid. One was, which one? Uh, which one Fury episode nineteen. Um, the little boy from that is the little boy from Heroes. Little boy from nineteen. Sorry, I'm getting all my notes. I have way too many pages. Yeah, Fury. It has one of the Breaking Bad guys in it. Yes. Okay. The little boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's so many shows that just the places their random guest actors went is just delightful. Yeah. I still have to say the funniest of all the like random guest actor to a bigger career has to be from Smallville still because there was an episode uh, with like a teenage assassin. He was like a teenage hitman. And he went on to, yeah, and he went on to be John Tucker from John Tucker Must Die. I think you've told me this before, actually. I've, or I've heard you talk about this in another episode or something, but that's hilarious. Yeah. It, 
it was the biggest whiplash when I rewatched Smallville. <laughs> okay, I love Jim. Oh my god, Jim is the best. He is honestly probably one of my favorite characters. Obviously, besides Melinda, because I honestly I really like her. Like she's definitely one of my favorite like lead characters in a show. I think just her her like she's so kind and like helpful. I don't know, but Jim is so sweet. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I love Melinda, but also I forgot how much illegal stuff she just does. (laughs) She is constantly trespassing yeah she like broke into her neighbor's garage and (laughs) (laughs) she just walked into someone's house once yeah what like she is constantly trespassing and like getting into private records yeah like with the um with the court records about the uh teenager who had died right Mm mm-hmm yeah she gets him oh to go behind God. the lady and like read through everything to find his real mother. God, it was so funny. I have to say, Andrea is probably my favorite character. I adore Andrea. Don't even say her name. Oh, the last episode broke my heart as a child. I just finished the last episode like 45 minutes ago, maybe an hour ago, and like it's still fresh. I'm sad. <laughs> and I didn't even know how to react. I just sat there with like my mouth just gaped open because she was one of my favorites too. Like the comedy club episode was actually probably the episode that made me like her the most because like, I don't know. I feel like it, it just kind of showed a new light of her, you know, it, like she, she always talks about how she does all these different things. And like, I don't know. I felt like that episode just made me like her even more. Yeah. I just, Aisha Tyler, my beloved, I have been like in love with her since I was nine years old and watched this show for the first time. And that was the first time I ever experienced heartbreak when Andrea dies in the final episode. Man, and that episode, like, I just didn't know what was happening. Like, I cannot wait to see what happens with that one dude. Like, he was creepy. (sighs) Oh, the man in the hat. Oh, the man in the hat. Yeah, he is. It this show gets really fucking creepy. Like it. Oh, speaking of creepy, what was that dream that Jim had (laughs) whenever he was babysitting? Um. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. The demon child. The demon child. That one. Like. Yeah. Just, I love, even though the CGI is so bad, it is still just the creepiest, like, red-eye baby, just vomit, black ooze, like, what the fuck? It was so obvious that it wasn't real, because it's like, you know, that early 2000s, like, you know, they, that wasn't, it wasn't that great back then. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if it was, they'd make it look more realistic. Although, I don't know, they didn't do too great with Renesmee and Twilight, so, like... (laughs) Too long ago, so I don't know. I think it might be a budgetary thing. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. Honestly, sometimes the bad effects do serve the aesthetic. It kind of reminds me of like a less good mirror mask. If you've seen that movie, it's so good. Uh, it's a Neil Gaiman script and it was produced by the Jim Henson Company. Wait, Neil? Neil Gaiman. Gaiman. The writer. You said Neil Diamond? I was like, oh my god. <laughs> See, that's really 
funny because my old coworker I used to talk about books with always thought I kept saying Neil Diamond when I was That's talking hilarious. about it. I was about to say, man, that guy has a lot of talents. <laughs> my grandma was obsessed with him too, so maybe she should I don't know. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Neil Gaiman is a really good writer. He he actually has a lot of like TV adaptations of his work coming out right now and in the last several years. Well, I think I've heard of I know I've heard of Sandman. Yeah. It's huge. But uh what was your favorite episode? Honestly, well, I really liked like the comedy one. Of course, we've talked. Um, I really liked Connor Donovan for some reason um, on episode four mm-hmm. with the bike crash. The only reason I liked him is just because he kept saying, I'm Connor Donovan. Oh, and yeah. The only way I remember, I just thought it was hilarious. He just kept saying his name over and over. I don't have anyone's first and last name written on here. Some of them I do, but just because I like saw their name written somewhere. But for him, I I remembered it because he said it so many times that I made note of it. <laughs> um, I thought that one was pretty good. And then I really, honestly, I think one of my favorite episodes, though, was episode nine with, like, the electrical stuff and, like, the EVP. I thought that was so cool because whenever I was a kid, like, um, Ghost Hunter was my shit. Yes. Okay, like... I watched time and I watched like all of those paranormal shows. Like I've always loved those. Mm-hmm. And so EVPs, I thought always oh, sounded so creepy and like cool. Like I, that was just my favorite episode. Cause it, I think my favorite episode is Melinda's first ghost. That was probably the first episode as a kid that like grabbed me and like got me invested in Melinda's story. Yes. No, I loved that one too, especially because what is that uh, the um actress? Oh, I can't Anna remember. Angela, I wrote it down. I'm trying to find Angela Breslin. Yes, she was everywhere when we were kids. Um, yes, she like she was in um Little Miss Sunshine, mm-hmm. Land. Uh, oh gosh, what else was she in? So many good things. She and- was in like every like young child adventure movie and she's not far off from our age i think i looked her up and she was actually born in 96 so i mean oh yeah she's pretty close to um our age yeah i was obsessed with her movies when i was a kid yes same i loved her basically anytime i would see her in a movie trailer as a kid i was just like we're gonna go see that we are going to go see that. Oh, God. What was that island movie she did? I'm just going to look up her entire, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> existence. But Melinda's first ghost, that episode is um, when we find out the story of the first time Melinda sees a ghost when her best friend and classmate dies of a genetic disorder. And her it's really fascinating because it shows some of my favorite mechanics of their ghosts which is like they're literally stuck in the moment they died like uh melinda's friend died when they were nine years old and she still sees melinda as a nine-year-old which i thought was absolutely hilarious like you could you could just see she's like well you're nine melinda what are you saying and she's like uh right i'm nine (laughs) (laughs) it 
oh, it was so adorable. It was just heartbreaking, too. I know. It's sad. But honestly, like, and also, I mean, she even said, like, um, like, Andrea, she's like, what is she, self-conscious? And then she thinks about it, and she's like, why are you at school in your pajamas? That is, like, just yeah. like a little kid. That is something they would do. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it, that's one of those common childhood nightmares. Yeah, which I think I've actually, I made a comment about a kid um, and, like, how that was, where is it? There's so, oh, okay, also the children. I don't like mm-hmm. kids, okay? I don't. And specifically, as soon as I saw the title that said Demon Child, as soon as I saw that, I knew I was going to hate it. (laughs) For like a little while until he kind of started calming down and was like starting to work through things. Like when he was haunting, I know I looked away a lot because I have Mm -hmm. a, a little bit of a scaredy pants. And so that freaked me out. But also, they do. They just have such good effects to make ghosts that aren't. They aren't like super stylized. They have like kind of cheesy ghost makeup, but yeah. the camera work that they put into their ghosts is so effective at making it creepy. Because they use like fish eye lenses when he would be like screaming at his baby sister, so his face was like slightly distorted. Or they'll have, like, actors on pulleys, so they're, like, just glide. And, oh, it's so creepy. So the episode with her neighbor, <laughs> the way that he jumped oh. to the roof, I couldn't handle that. Like, how he, like, weirdly climbs up it and climbs into the window in the strangest fashion. Like, it was, it's just, like, it's funny to watch, but it almost made me uncomfortable. It's just like that early 2000s, like, you know. You can tell he's on wires, but they also, like, commit to it so hard that it's almost believable. Yeah. Like, it it, it does give it a creepy factor, I will say. Like, it was a little, like, I feel like that's some shit a ghost would do. Yeah, it. this is probably a show that has my favorite ghost mechanics because everything they do, like, it's... I don't want to say it's logical, but it feels natural. Yeah. Like, it all just makes sense. Yeah, or, like, I do really like how they make it to where, like, they slowly turn into looking like a normal person. Like, my Mm -hmm. absolute favorite one to see that happen with was Marty from the comedy club. Because he comes in, like, just drenched and, like, covered in, like, moss and probably, like, algae and stuff. Because, I mean, he had you know, unalived himself and see once he started figuring things out that it slowly, you know, brought him back to normal. And I just, it was absolutely crazy. Once Marty figures out why he unalived himself yeah. and then like his eyes go back to normal and everything. I just thought that was crazy. His contacts were the creepiest of all of them though. Oh yeah. His, oh, uh, it was like just unnerving enough. I was a little... I, I even made note about how weird looking they were. They just, they were strange, but not. I don't know. Yeah, honestly, their like design and makeup department, like they got the big bucks out of this budget because this show just looks so good. Yeah. Also, is that 
Is that Jennifer Love Hewitt's real hair? I don't think it's a hundred percent. I I'm gonna be honest, like I'm pretty sure they just put most of the budget into her specifically because she constantly has perfect hair, perfect makeup. She definitely has extensions in because her hair is just so voluminous yeah. all the time to the nth degree where either they are teasing the hell out of it or she has extensions in. And it's just like, good on you for having that like detailed of a team working on you. Exactly. Like she always looks good, which I love her hair. Um, also the fact that she had to cut it like because mm. it, stuck in the garbage disposal i don't know that was that was really scary like i was wondering was her i was god i i just hate anytime they use garbage disposals but especially like a ponytail getting stuck in the garbage disposal oh oh terrifying i'm sure that hurt oh that's just like my worst fear and i don't even have long hair well you know, actually, when I chopped my hair off, never mind. <laughs> I was about to say, well, I do. And then I realized, wait, I got my hair cut. Never mind. We'll get you back to the conversation at hand soon enough. But first, an important message. and I've never watched Star Trek before. And I'm Bo. I've literally been watching Star Trek since I was born. And now my best friend has no choice but to watch it with me. Oh yeah, I think my first scene that I remember witnessing was one of the episodes with the Tribbles. My first memory as a child is shirtless George Takei running around the Enterprise. Oh, that's poggers. Honestly, William Shatner may be a piece of shit, but I gotta commend him on how many times that he recorded Star Trek titties out. It's just a tits out kind of recording. Duh. Star Trek really is a tits out kind of show. It is! In fact, while we're watching some, I may have my tits out. <laughs> Could be fun. <laughs> Join us on the 1st and 15th of every month for season 1 of our Star Trek watch through, Bros in Space. Boldly go where no bros have gone before. I'm sorry, Spock, but your mom's a MILF. <gasps> Space MILF! Season 1 begins February 15th, 2022. You sound like an infomercial announcer. Oh no. You could be a Troom Troom lady. Oh no, don't say that, bro! <laughs> And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. I'm so excited for you to watch more of this show. I know. I actually am... I love spoilers, and so... (laughs) Oh! (laughs) I've already talked to my friend about it a little bit. She's already told me some things that happened, like, later. And I am very ready. I am very excited. It, it's it gets so wild i can tell i mean this is just the first season and there's already so much like my friend had told me as she was walking out the door she's like 
ooh, be ready for the plane crash. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then it happened. That is so rude. <laughs> yeah, she didn't even give me any, like, details. She's like, oh, the plane crash is going to be a lot. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, it is. God. It is so good. Honestly, that episode, though, I feel like was not really, I'm not saying it was a good way to wrap it up at the end, but I feel like it was a good ending. Like, I liked the, like, the fact that normal people could see that light because there were so many souls that were lost. And I just thought that was insane. That, honestly, that ending just makes me so emotional, especially, like, with the fact that, you know, it ends with this battle between Melinda and the man in the hat for all of the souls of the people who died in the crash. And the fact that even though so many people believe Melinda when she tells them, like, it's good, it's safe, it's where you should be, and so many go, the fact that there's still a handful that don't go is just so heartbreaking because they show they are so good at showing the fact that, like, they have good reason. Like, these people are hurting so much. Yeah, like, the flight attendant... You know, she said she doesn't have anyone. Yeah. And, you know, like, I mean, I'm not saying that I get that, like, 100%, but I can, I can, I can understand, like, why that yeah. might be hard. Yeah. Especially, you know, you, you don't, like, it, I'm sure it's a really scary thing to go through, of course, you know, so, like. Mm-hmm. Honestly, and that's one thing I love about this show is, like, even the times where, like, it'll fall flat, it is still a very good show at depicting grief in a more realistic way sometimes it can feel almost borderline goofy or hokey but they everyone's able to just sell the complex feelings that you get of like this love and pain and anger and it's just heartbreaking and i think one of my favorite quotes it was actually from um, the first episode you know, because something that, you know, my friend had mentioned to me that I really liked. Yes, it's really heartbreaking. And there's so much death in this show. And, like, that is so depressing. But it's it's not really about death. It's more about celebrating life. And that's something that, you know, Melinda's grandma even mentioned in the episode with her birthday. You know, I think the episode mm-hmm. with her classmate, um, Sarah, who died. And, um, you know, she says, no, we're celebrating life. And like my favorite, um, my favorite quote from the first episode, it says, "You're in the life business. Death is just part of it." And I loved that so much. Yeah, and honestly, like that's definitely why I love this show because it actually uh, started premiering around the time that my grandpa died, and like this show was invaluable to me learning to process that grief as a nine-year-old sure that I would help with that I mean it I feel like it makes it like that's what I like it makes the death not as scary Mm -hmm. she really does a good job explaining to the people like you know I don't know exactly what's over there but you know it's gonna make you feel peaceful and like you know you're not meant to be here anymore and I feel like it really sheds light on the like proper ways to grieve grieve if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. and like it just it helps she's helping people and i love that and that's something she up in a, multiple times on the show is that she 
she loves that she's able to help people this way. And that's like one of her unique ways to help people. And I love that. Yeah. And I think the best example, I think it's the second episode. Uh, it's the first ghost child episode where she's helping this family whose son died the year before because um, the car stalled out when they were crossing uh, <clears throat> uh, train tracks and the child. Oh yeah. That one just breaks my fucking heart. Cause like, first of all, Oh my God, that kid is a pretty damn good actor. Like that baby is definitely sold me on the fact that he is not processing the fact that he's dead well but what voice his little voice oh. <laughs> also can we just mention the fact that his dad threw his turtle away just threw it away i know that was just oh but speaking of the turtle like i think the scene from that episode that truly broke my heart was when the little boy crosses over and he sees his turtle in the light. Oh no! I, I couldn't. Uh, I'm like tearing up just thinking about it because I remember him being like, "Oh my god, I can see Stubby!" And Melinda's like, "Who's Stubby?" And the mom just bursts into tears and tells her that that's his turtle. Uh, and now I'm crying. That honestly, that breaks my heart. Like I loved that so much, but also hated it because it was so sad but also like i love how like in that episode you learn that children are the most like the strongest ghosts that you know there are and um i mean later on we see that more i feel like like especially in the um, episode with mm -hmm. the little boy who dies and you could see when he was having a tantrum you see this crazy electrical surge like in the antique shop whenever all the glass breaks because he's yeah. And I just thought that was really cool that they put that in there. And the fact that they put that in there that children can still see, that children can see ghosts. And I don't know if you had the same problem, but as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, is that real? Is that, were all of my imaginary friends actually ghosts? Because I have, my mom has told me experiences from my childhood where I've heard about things. And Did I ever tell you about Bill? Who's Bill? Is this an imaginary? Oh my god. Okay, Bill wasn't my imaginary friend. Bill was my cousin Nick's imaginary friend. And he only played with Bill at my grandma's apartment. Uh, and then when I was like a toddler, my mom and grandma moved into my childhood house together. And <laughs> uh, one day when I was like maybe four, four uh mom and i were playing ball in the hallway and she ended up having to go start dinner so i was just playing by myself and my ball rolled into the bathroom and i went in there and there was just a dude there just like this tall bald dude wife beater tattoos um and he like handed me my ball back and i ran to my mom screaming like mom bills took my ball and Bill was the name of my cousin's uh, imaginary friend. And our descriptions matched. Um. <laughs> and he was the previous uh, tenant of my grandma's apartment who had passed away. And he just played with my cousin the entire time my grandma lived there. And he tried to play with me and scared me. And so they had the bathroom blessed. And 
they did that during my nap time. And apparently when my mom came to get me, I told her that when I woke up, Bill was there and he apologized for scaring me and went away. <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. I've had a lot of ghost experiences through my life as well. Um, I, I still wonder if one of my imaginary friends was a ghost. His name was Christian Ghost <laughs> or something like that. Ghost. Oh my God. I remember you telling me about him when yeah, we were kids. Yeah, and, like, my mom has told me times about how, like, randomly I would be like, he's mad at me. And, like, I would be really upset about it. And I don't remember much, but also I have, like, the worst memory. I have the memory of a goldfish. So, like, it's not surprising if I don't remember any of these things. But I do specifically remember some ghost experiences that I've had, like, in previous homes. Oh, like, one time, I um, we like, there's these apartments because... Okay, so I guess everyone should know. I live in Missouri, okay? Um, there's yeah. these apartments that sadly this year actually caught fire. Really big, like, Victorian, like, apartments. They're huge, like, super tall, like, 10-foot tall ceilings. Like, really pretty, ornate crown molding. Like, beautiful apartments. The lobby had, like, a beautiful mural on the ceiling. Like, it was amazing. But we lived on, like, the first floor, and my Aunt Christy, she lived just above us. And so I was taking a nap. I was probably like three, two and a half, three years old. And I was taking a nap and she had just ran upstairs to go see my aunt. And I had woken up while she had ran up there and I was walking around the apartment looking for her. And I was like, mom, where are you? Just yelling it out. And um, I vividly remember hearing that I'm in here. And I went into the room that I, I mean, I had just came out of and nobody was in there. And my mom ended up walking in the door a few minutes later and my stepdad was at work. So like mm -hmm. nobody was there. Yeah. My mom said she's seen like full body app, like appar appar apparitions. Thank you. Um, she's seen like a full body ghost before in our living room. Oh my God. My old job used to be haunted. Yeah. My job is haunted. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, the, the janitor. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, the uh place that I worked at pre-2020 um was haunted by a relative of the owner and both me and previous worker had experiences. My uh previous coworker would see like full body apparitions and when I would be working in the prep room, there was two experiences that I remember vividly. One is watching multiple wine glasses move on their own across a counter. I, I t like got freaked out and just said, stop it. And they just stopped mid-slide. Like Melinda, stop, just stop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I grew up watching this show and it's you helped out. Just say, hey, if I tried that, it worked with Melinda. Maybe it'll work with me. Yeah. Um, and the other time was one time I was just kind of like singing under my breath while I was while I was doing dishes another time. And somebody in the hallway started to whistle. And I went out to go see if the boss was there and there was no one there. I went to the kitchen to see if anyone was there. Everyone was like upstairs in the office. I was alone in the base. I was I was alone in the basement um, in the prep room, and someone started whistling along with me. That's terrifying. You know. Okay, one last ghost story before I know we probably should move on. But 
speaking of workplace ghosts, um, I used to work, there's a Walmart here. It got just demolished mm-hmm. by the tornado. And again, back this was back in 2011 that that happened. And they rebuilt, the whole town is like, I mean, it's like nothing happened. You can't, the only thing you can tell is that there's like no trees anywhere. That's kind of weird. But so basically this Walmart gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. And years later in like 2013 and 2014, I worked in the subway there. Um, there was a lot of creepy stuff that would happen. Um, first off, I hated my shifts because I always worked until 10 o'clock at night because I was Ooh. in high school. I didn't get off until three. So I worked the five to 10 and I closed the place up. And so it was really creepy. Mm-hmm. One thing that with Subway, a lot of times what they do is, um, you know, the workers will be in the back and there's actually a TV that sh- has a camera pointed at where customers will walk up so that the staff can see it and mm-hmm. they'll come out. And so um, a lot of times all of us employees have at le- had at least seen this happen at least once or twice, but there would be just a little black, like it looked like a person, but you would front and then nobody would be there. And then the walk-in cooler and the freezer would just randomly open and then shut sometimes. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. And then, like, because you would just hear it just pop open. Now, there could be maybe a pressure thing. Maybe that was it. But I still don't believe that. Burger actually said that he saw, like, a little girl in the back. And he ran back there and he was like, hey, you can't be back here. And then she, like, ran back to the chip area, which in our location our like back area was like an l shape and so the chip area was in the the very very back and he went back there and nobody was there oh my god <laughs> my last co-worker that has, had ever told me anything she said she was slicing tomatoes with the tomato slicer and i don't know if you've seen one of these kinds of tomato slicers but it has like the pokey things and you put the, the tomato mm-hmm. pokey things and then you just slice it through into these like slicer like like a mandolin yeah, kind of like that. You just, like, push them in there. It's a big old metal contraption. Mm-hmm. Well, she, she was listening to the radio. And um, they, all of a sudden, it goes to static. And it says, tomato slicer, don't cut your fingers. And then goes back to. <laughs> That's so creepy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, we're not the only people. Like, you could ask any of the deli people in the walmart like they would come and tell me about things that they had seen and like some of them had actually been in the tornado while it had hit the store they said they said they see crazy things at night the overnight staff oh they have stories to tell there god i i love ghost shows i haven't watched a good ghost show in forever there is something so sweet about how they tow the line between more grounded depiction of ghosts and like a more like comforting depiction of them i like how in the show it's like only her family really can see them and um which you think it's only her mom her grandma and her but later on (laughs) you find out that (laughs) oh just wait just wait (laughs) you've only seen one season of this there there's a lot um, I think my favorite part, though, about that, um, about, like, their spirit, spirit realm is that they don't claim one single religion. Like, they just call it crossing over. They don't, like... Yeah. Honestly, I kind of, like, it, it's a very, like, uh, 2000s, new-agey, agnostic view that, like, it's 
very like universal and it's like yes there is good and bad but it's not like heaven and hell it's more like you know people it, it's it's very people centric instead of divine centric and like there are some spirits that in the afterlife do get certain roles like this is one that i love because it came back in the finale, which is um, the spirits who are put in charge of helping children cross over, which does make me question why there was none of those in the ghost children episodes. We only saw them in the hospital when an infant died. And then we see it again when a little girl almost dies in the plane crash, but comes back and is able to give Melinda a message from the Guardian. I think that's a really w good way to kind of like explain that to you because I mean, I don't know. It's almost not like I'm not saying it's like the Grim Reaper, but like it is. Uh, but for kids, I mean, yeah, it's basically you know, it's it's just the spirit to help shepherd them along when they're that young. Yeah, and it kind of probably makes it not it, as scary. Yeah, it's very sweet, especially God. It. The hospital one always gets me because there's like a little preemie baby and Melinda thinks she's talking to its father and then turns out, no, he's he's a ghost and he's there to help this baby cross over. Yeah, I love that. Like, I don't, but I do. Like, it's sad, but also, like, it's just comforting. Yeah, and that's kind of the biggest thing about this show is, like, it's just comforting it does take its liberties and go into horror but at its core it is a show about like helping people and comforting and helping people in the hardest times of their lives i just i'm so glad i got you to watch this show i know honestly i first off when you told me ghost whisperer i thought we were <laughs> i thought we were watching ghost hunter for a second <laughs> And I looked it up and I was like, oh, this show. Okay. Yeah. It's honestly, it's funny because this show is how I first discovered Jennifer Love Hewitt. So going back through her career right after, like, only knowing her as ghost, as like the ghost whisperer is really funny. Um, I definitely like Jennifer Love Hewitt. Well, <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. I. I still need to watch I Know What You Did Last Summer. I don't know if I've watched that. Uh, it looks fun. I've I've seen all of the parodies of it, but I've never actually watched the movie. Because that's one of those like quintessential teen horror movies that I feel like everyone was making fun of when we were kids. So I just absorbed it through cultural osmosis. And I wish we were still in the early 2000s. That's so much better. <sighs> yeah, sometimes I just wish I could be, I could just go back to being a kid in the 2000s again. Because it's like, yeah, being a kid sucks in so many ways. But at the same time, I would just like to go back to that for a little bit. <laughs> Honestly, just living in general was a lot better. <laughs> but also, we didn't have any responsibilities. We were like babies. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> All we had to do was show up. <laughs> I miss it. Uh, I hate being an adult. Don't grow up, people. <laughs> Don't do it. It's a scam. It really is. I'm so excited that for us to watch Doctor Who next. I know. I still am so surprised you somehow missed season one. Okay, so here's how I started watching it. My stepdad is a huge Doctor Who fan. Like, I'm like, you guys would get along. 
really well. Oh yeah, we. I remember how we used to argue about Batman together. <laughs> yes. So he loves Doctor Who, and so whenever he was watching it, that was the only time I ever watched it as a kid. Mm. <sighs> what season was it that I start? I want to say I started the second season, or maybe it was the third. I don't know if it was David Tennant's season I started on, or if it was. A- yeah, he was season two. Because uh, Christopher Eccleston only stayed on for season one. But he did actually just come back. BBC licenses a bunch of Doctor Who stuff. And they have a bunch of audio dramas. Um, and Christopher Eccleston just came back to do his first reprisal as Nine for the Ninth Doctor Adventures. It's so awesome. I'm still listening my way through the Eighth Doctor Adventures. I am very ready to watch that, though. I have seen maybe an episode or two from that season, but like really my exposure to Doctor Who was like the angels and like, oh my gosh, Donna Noble has left the library. <gasps> oh, Donna. The library episode and all of the angel episodes are the most memorable for me. So like, I'm very ready for this. I'm totally ready to nerd out on yeah. it. I, I am prepared. Oh, and we'll get in on that next episode. <laughs> Hey, wait, did you hear that? Is that on your end or mine? Good night, Bo. Good night, Julia. The show you two planned was indeed perfect. It's a pity you didn't know, when you started playing this game of podcasting, that I was playing too.